Verbal Discharge. The world's third to best radio show. Not about squids. Catch up at verbaldischarge.co.uk. And now on Verbal Discharge. A rap no, it's not it's not a rap not a rap not a rap battle. A a battle of in- introduction introduction battle one of those we're gonna basically Jordan and James both wrote introductions and now they're gonna have a fight to see which one's which one's better Jordan go oh oh okay what is youth youth is the first drop of morning dew the first tear of a morning dew youth ends with hair and body odor until you end up like an ugly ogre. Here at Verbal Discharge, we preach infinite youth, except we don't, because James has just gone 23, and Robbie has a lot of body hair. <laughs> Jordan is the only young one here. That, that's not true, and you as, know it. As the oldest one of us, Jordan. <laughs> and the one least qualified to make these statements. Go on then, James. I enjoyed yours, though. I, I must admit, though, I thought you were going to, like, I, I just felt for some reason you were going to go into a bit more of an anti-Semitic route, because your pronunciation of Jew is it's very, <laughs> you, you're very hard on that J, Jordan. Yeah, but but then then the next line is actually a tear of a morning dew, so. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's the first drop of morning dew, and then, and then the first tear of a morning dew. Ah, you see, mm. that went over my head, but that's yeah. very, very good. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's very well played. So well played. That it's, I didn't... it's definitely not convoluted in any way. <laughs> it's not convoluted. It's, it's potentially. I don't know what statement you're making about these uh, all these Jews that are in mourning. <laughs> God, always crying all the time. Or, God, grow up. Get over yourself, Jews. You see all these Jews walking around with their historically <laughs> sound religion and their their dead relatives and friends, thinking they can just weep everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, shall I do mine? Yeah, yeah, do, do, yours. do your intro. Youth, a magical fleeting time that almost all of us must undergo. Our youths were filled with curiosity, innocence, and probably lots of yoghurt and Saturday morning wrestling. The world has a very particular, undefined magic when we are young. Of course, most youths these days spend their days drinking WKD and smoking shitweed in parks. But our youths were different and pure. Everything was new to us, and every day was a fresh adventure. Not anymore, though. These days, kids are pregnant with a belly full of crack before they're even old enough to do the times tables. But things were different when I was young. (laughs) Let me tell you about it. I know as much because I grew up in the 90s. And there's thousands of people on Facebook that never stopped talking about how growing up in the 90s was the best thing since the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air sliced bread. Kids these days probably don't even know the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme tune. They're shit. Genuinely, they are. I've been assured that they are. Don't doubt me when I tell you that they are. I know things about kids. I've seen them out and about doing kid things. And I mean, I've, 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 I've never actually engaged with the modern youth in a straight conversation, but I'm, I'm certain that my prejudices are justified. I think they are. I think they're, yeah, they're perfectly fine. With, without, without a doubt, mm. we definitely don't need to engage with our youth. We need to cordon them away and point at them and like <laughs> poke just, them with a shitty stick. Yeah, just, just, just laugh at them and just say, ha, it's going to be even harder for you to get a job than it is for me. It's, it's <laughs> interesting what you said about the 90s kid thing on Facebook. As in, the other, a couple of days ago, for the first time in my life, I, I saw, you know you're a naughties kid. No. When, oh, wow. Is I, actually saw that. Now? I actually saw that the other day. What sort of things do they remember? So, 
like always having well, access to the internet and, they playing, can't, and playing Minecraft. They can't escape. remember anything because oh, it's still Jesus. happening to them. They're still like four, aren't they? Aren't they? Isn't it 2004? Please tell me it's 2004. Podcast weren't invented in 2004. There, um, there are people that I work with at my workplace. Yeah, who, good. Me too. Who yeah. were born in the year 2000 and oh. are now old enough to actually work. And it is so strange seeing people who are fully formed adults now, mm. pr- or more or less mm. there, and yet their birth date has a 2-0 somewhere in it. it I, I always assumed that anyone born after the year 1999 you know was just going to be a perpetual infant. You yeah. know what really freaks me out? What? In two years, there'll be porn stars born in 2000. Oh! oh. Now that's oh, a weird that's, feeling. That's really... I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Do you ever get the feeling when you're watching porn and you just think in the middle of it, that's someone's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, soon enough, there's going to be... There's going to be, to grow on your point, Jordan, there's oh. going to be porn stars younger than Shrek. Oh. As in the film Shrek, not as in oh. the, the, <laughs> the, the character no, yeah. of Shrek. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. How old is one. Shrek during the events of Shrek uh, 1 through 4? 19. <laughs> <laughs> Adventures of an Adolescent Shrek <laughs> Starring Shailene Woodley and he, I'd, wa- I'd watch that I'd definitely watch that he's Shrek when he, With all like, the awkward teenagers he's, he's trying to fit in He's getting like, a bit moodier Like yeah. he, he tries smoking behind a bike shed or <laughs> yeah. something he, he turns up to his swamp prom And there he is He's wearing the same costume As the most popular girl in school but most, then everyone, popular <laughs> most popular ogre Most popular ogre in school like, Who's just donkey in a costume? Every night he co- he comes home and he quickly goes through the door and straight up the stairs and goes into his room and like bites his pillow and cries <laughs> furiously. And he's just like, "Oh, I'll never be a real ogre." Yeah. And then uh, he's he's got uh, like a big ogre dad who's uh, <laughs> who's a metaphor for Mike Myers' dad, and he's he's just he's really abusive. Yeah, every time <laughs> someone knocks on the door, like one of Shrek's man friends, he's like, "Oh, your girlfriend's here." <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. I like real music, like All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> that's, that's all he listens to. He's up there <laughs> in his room as a really edgy teenager with his like swamp earphones on. Wait, when did Ben Knight start playing <laughs> Shrek? <laughs> Hashtag cut for All Star. Cut, cut while listening to Smash Mouth. Oh, not 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 cut to the song as in actually like. No, not as in like smash cut to no pun intended. Um, but like actually cut yourself while listening to yeah. Smash Mouth. Should we introduce ourselves? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So let's start off over here. Who are we? I'm I'm Jordan and I'm the young. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm 24 next week. I'm the same age as James for one week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. James, how does it feel being as old as Jordan and therefore time? It is quite surreal, I will admit, even though, um, obviously, like, Jordan is almost entirely a year older than me. <laughs> almost. But, but but I've got a week on him, so it means that, like, like for one week every year, mm. I get to experience being as old as time itself, and that's a, that's a magical feeling. I feel like it's, like, you know when the doc, no, sorry, when the master stared into the time vortex? Yes, and he went and slightly mad. That's how it feels to be Jordan's age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to it. Uh, hello, my name's Robbie, and do any of you want a flapjack? Yes. Yeah. Have you, what have you got, flapjacks? Yeah, I've got. I've got one flapjack. You've got. Um, oh, right, so I'll, I'll, I'll let Jordan have it. Jordan, now. do you want a flapjack? Yes. Here, here's a flapjack. Oh my um, god, these, these those those are flapjacks like I used to have at my school. Yeah, it's a flapjack I stole from Wigiston Academy in Leicester. Whoa, no way. Proper... Yeah, you actually stole a flapjack from a school. Yeah. Oh, that is such a school flapjack. It is. It, in fact, it, it is much better. It feels much more. Buttery. That school flapjack is giving me a school flapjack flashback. <laughs> <laughs> 
feel it. It's buttery and stuff. It's actually better than a school. Better quality. It, this is better quality than the flapjacks mm. I used to that's, have. That's an academy flapjack. Yeah. That's, that's conservative money right there. <laughs> this, is, this is why we need to convert to academies. All schools, forget all of the, the, the fact it doesn't actually improve exam results, but it does improve the quality of flapjacks. Do you see what, they've, what, what, what you've looked out on here? Or, sorry, rather not looked out on here, though. You've got an end bit. You've got a, and everyone knows that if you want the best bit of flapjack, you've got to get the bit that's right in the middle. One of Jordan's flapjack sides isn't as good as the other flapjack sides. Ooh. It's not. It's not. It, it's too smooth. So you, you keep that flapjack, Jordan, and you enjoy your hollow victory. <laughs> Have you ever realised how funny the word flapjack is? It's fun it to say. Isn't flapjack. It? it also sounds like an imperative. Flapjack. 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 It's one of called Jack. It sounds like a euphemism. Like, oh, you know, he got his flapjack out. Yeah. <laughs> he got his flapjack <laughs> caught in his zip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, I'm James, and as you may have gathered, uh, last week I turned twenty-three, and it's a it's a really weird age to turn actually, because your your early twenties are gone at that point. It's you're now your twenty-three is like right. You're pushing towards mid twenties now. Like my teenage years are now thoroughly, thoroughly behind me. It's it, it's a really, really weird age to be. Hmm. But people will no longer sing Taylor Swift at me, so that, that's very <laughs> good. That's very refreshing. It's a, the, the silver lining to the twenty-three-year-old cloud. I guess so. Which Appar- is a really long cloud. You thought it would have burst into rain you, by then. You would think that people stop singing Taylor Swift at you, but they just change you and twenty-two to I don't know about me. I'm feeling twenty-three. Mm. Uh, maybe. Apparently, as well, everyone's been telling me there's a Blink One Eighty Two that says something about being twenty-three. So uh... it's it's not a fun age. No, you, you, you do weird thing. I, I spent most of my twenty-two years in, in, doing my dissertation. <laughs> Lord knows that's not a barrel of laughs. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read it. But. We're not here to focus on that today. We're here to focus on youth mm. and not how fleeting it is. Well, maybe we'll touch on that. On Who knows? how fleeting it is. We, over the course of this episode, are going to focus on and divulge into the topic of youth. We're going to be thinking about youth. We're going to be playing around with the idea of youth. We're not going to be playing with youths. <laughs> we uh, might be. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? If we get a bit bored, we'll bring someone in and yeah. see, see what we see. What you know? The world is our oyster. Yes, and what a young oyster it is. What a- <laughs> oh, that that that, that sounds really weird, yeah. especially given the connotation that oysters are an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Oh, look at yeah. that young yeah. oyster. Oh, that young oyster there. We're, people are going to use this against us in court. Just sound bites. I'm sure you can say that about every podcast we've ever done. Yeah, there's got to be something in there. There are, what, 67 episodes. That is a lot of evidence. Please sue us for publicity. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Go on. You can... You've got... Yes. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Congratulations. You've had a beautiful baby discharge. Now, we all know what it's like to be young, because obviously we've all been there, but do any of you guys remember your first forays when you were young? Oh, God, yes. Into the world of sort of the adults, when you started to learn that there was more to your world than just wrestling and yoga and whatnot. See, I was... Wrestling yoga. Yeah, I was never interested. That's, that's, that's really difficult. Wrestling in yogurt, wrestling, wrestling a, a yogurt. yogurt. Yeah, especially if it's not in a pot. It'd be impossible to pin down as it's well. It's really hard to get a grapple on. It's fisting yogurt, so <laughs> it's just going everywhere. You couldn't, you couldn't grab it. You couldn't wrestle it. No, you definitely you, couldn't jump off the top rope onto it. You, there's no wrestling to be had with it. No, what a ridiculous idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that, that, to, to give you a sort of example, 
Um, one thing that I vividly remember, and this might be a, uh, a story that I've told before on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, my first awareness of a particular swear word, oh. um, I learned when I was in year three, and I remember sort of everyone who was on my table sort of sat around going like, oh God, have you heard any of the swear words? Do you know the swear words? Someone was like, oh, like which ones, which ones? And I was like, I don't know any, which, which... Which ones have you got? I think I think I, I remember hearing crap in Shrek. Oh, and that oh. was Shrek. In, crap is in Shrek. Oh, okay. Well, so <laughs> not, not not the word Shrek as a swear word. <laughs> no, no, no. Get out of here, you Shrek! <laughs> oh, Shrek off, you Shreker! <laughs> um, but no, I, and so I remember saying uh, that I didn't really know any, mm. and somebody came round the side of the table to me and whispered in my ear, "Shit." And I oh. was like, "Oh, that's a that's a swear word. That's a oh." I like I remember hearing it and just recoiling, like, "What? <laughs> no, shit, unreal!" <laughs> and it, it absolutely blew my tiny mind. I I similarly remember the time I first encountered that word. Yeah, um, I was in school in lunchtime, and one of the kids from the year above, uh, one of the year twos, I was in year one. Ah, yeah, older kids said oh i know a naughty word and i was like no you don't no you don't no no <laughs> don't believe you um i love I, that part of childhood where everything's contested yeah, yeah. i know a naughty word you don't you don't <laughs> Just, grow up go on then <laughs> but it. he then he couldn't bring himself to say it so really? so he then spelt it out loud he sort of said sh and i worked out because i was i was a clever little like six-year-old that that's a sh sound not a sh sound yep and then they added an i and the t and I said, shit. Like, sort of that. And not thinking you were that. like, shit. I thought, that just sounds silly. That doesn't sound like a, <laughs> doesn't sound like a naughty word. It just sounds like a silly made up word. And then everyone sort of went, um, oh, can't believe you said that. And someone said, called over one of the dinner ladies and said, he just said shit. And they told me off and not that guy that reported well, that said it. no yeah. way. So, yeah. Interestingly, um, when I was about maybe, same, kind of same kind of age, yeah. I used to be allowed to play on my street. Right. Anywhere where my mom could see me. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's where that's where I used to be. But you know the great thing young. is your mum can see you all of time because she looked into the time vortex like James and the Master, <laughs> so Fantastic. you could play anywhere. But yeah, um, there were these older kids, which I can only presume must have been year ten, eight mm. coming through, and and I, I remember one of them saying to the other one, "Oh yeah, well, I'll fuck you up." And I, Whoa. And 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 even back then, you know, you know what I'm like when mm. I learn a new word. What do I do? <laughs> What do I do? You will force it into every I will sentence. I force it into anything I can force it into. So, of course, I went home to my mom. It's interesting to see that's a habit that's carried yeah. through your life. So I went home to my mom, and mm. I went, Yo, mom, I'm going to fuck you up. And I've never, I have never seen my mom, like, turn around in horror so, so quickly. Like, where did you learn that word? It was, up. I was from a Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, no, swear words are bad, kids. Don't learn them. Don't learn them. Don't listen to this podcast either. <laughs> Stop. Stop playing this in front of your kids. <laughs> I, I remember um, another moment when I felt uh, sort of a little bit more of my uh, my innocence slip away. Mm. I think it was, you know, and I think there's there's no time quite as exciting as the time when you first gain your glimpse of, like, Sort of an adult film. I don't mean I don't mean like sort of pornography, but I, but I mean like you know a film that's higher than a twelve A as a rating. Oh, when okay, when yeah. you see sort of something like that, and mine isn't a film; it's actually a game. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember reading in the old Nintendo magazine before yeah. it changed 
that there was a really exciting game coming out on the GameCube that everyone was really, really looking forward to. And it was a little game called Resident Evil 4. Yeah. And I remember reading and thinking, like, oh, that looks amazing. There's monks and there's villagers and you've got to run away from them and fight them. And oh, it looks really scary. But I couldn't get a hold of it, obviously. Mm. It, was, it was Because to go into it and to ask my parents for it, it'd be too direct. I knew I had yeah. to play my cards right and I knew I had to be cautious. So we went into Bits and Pieces, which was a little, like, locally run uh, sort of, like, game shop. How old were you at the time? I must have been about... I, I was definitely too young to play the yeah. game. Um, I'm, I don't know, maybe nine. Oh, wow, okay. So, so, That's far too young. Yeah, definitely too young. Um, and I remember sort of going up to like the GameCube section, and yeah. there on the shelf was a pre-owned copy of Resident Evil 4, and I think I've been waiting for this moment all my life. Here we go. I'm going to finally do it. I'm going to finally play Resident Evil 4. But I can't just yet... There's still more to do. It's not in my hands. I yeah. knew it wasn't secured, but I could see that it was in sight. So I went up to my mum and I said, Mum, Mum, can I please get this? And she said, what is it? And I went, it's Resident Evil 4. <laughs> and she went, are you sure you can play that? Um, and and I, I, I tried to show her. I was like, yeah, it's just, it's just, there's a lot of action in it. That's why it's rated a 15. That's just, it's Resident just... Resident Evil 4 only a 15? I know. It's that surprise, like, looking back at it, that surprises <laughs> me as well. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I do not know how it was slapped with an 18 rating instantly. There was a, it was there were some frightening. There were chainsaw mm. decapitations. Oh, was... your your character could die a spectacular. Leon S. Kennedy could die a spectacular mm. range of deaths, like all of them more gruesome than the last. So I remember saying to my mum, like, "Yeah, it's okay. I can definitely play this." And bringing it up to the counter, and the man who was there, God bless him, mm. when my mum asked him, "Is my son old enough to play this?" He looked at the game. And he looked at me, <laughs> and he looked at my mum, and he looked at the game, and he looked back at me, and then he winked at me and went, yeah, I reckon he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's irresponsible. And, and there, criminal, actually, that's actually against the I know, it's law. very, very illegal, but I'm so glad that he did it, because my mum purchased me that game, and I had nightmare for weeks. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was every single evening was a, a, a fresh hell. Mm. It was, it was, I, I played that game through to completion. And it's not, a sort, it's not the sort of game where you can just run through and you're shooting everything. Ammo is incredibly scarce. Yeah. Like most of the game, you run out of ammo and you're running around a village getting chased by various creatures mm. who are trying to kill you. It was filled with such an amazing sense of dread and fear and I will never get to experience any horror in the way that I did when I was nine playing yeah, Resident Evil 4. The very 4. first boss of Resident Evil 4 will stick with me forever. Oh, when it, yeah, like, he, he separates from the lower half of his body mm. and his spine just slides out and he's all gruesome and there's tentacles and arms and I, shit. If I, if I may, that is actually not the first that boss that the of first the game. Boss? That's the second is boss that the of second the game. second boss? The first boss of the game was even worse for me. Oh, the big... The, the, there's the a, there's there is you go to a lake mm. and it's not a very big lake but there is a kraken in it for no real reason it's just this sort it's of huge it's monstrous and you've got you've got to kill it with harpoons mm. but it but it, it runs underneath the boat and will knock you out of the water like it will knock the boat over and you've got to frantically smash a while you're trying to swim back to your boat before it'll eat you and it, it terrified the life out of me when i was maybe slightly older than you maybe about 11 or 12 um, I remember I was, this was at the time in which I had, also had a GameCube um, and was really into Smash Bros. Uh, me and my brother sort of spent all of our time just playing Smash Bros. Melee um, on GameCube. 
just all literally all the time we had. Uh, hmm. But then the official it, Nintendo magazine, the as you mentioned, they had the back of every issue. They had sort of a uh, top fifty games on each format, um, and the top game on GameCube was always Resident Evil Four. Um, oh. That was sort of rated ninety seven percent. I remember it was a very very yeah good oh game. No, yeah it was. Um, but I remember at the time being really annoyed that the top game wasn't Smash Bros. And they had a little thing at the side where they had sort of people would write in and say that no, I think you've you've underrated Dosh and the Giant. That's the best game <laughs> of GameCube. Oh god, I've forgotten that existed. That was a great yeah, game. Yeah. Um but I then sent one in saying, No, you've overrated Resident Evil Four. Um Smash Bros is is far better. Resident did, Evil Four did, did isn't it get that printed? good. Yeah, it got printed, despite wow, the fact wow. I'd never played Resident Evil Four. There's a letter out there in A edition of Official Nintendo magazine from a young little Robbie Owen saying Resident Evil 4 is rubbish, despite having never played it. <laughs> That's brilliant. I, I love that you went to that effort. Yeah. I was just that angry about it. How can someone think something's better than Smash Bros? Robbie, what was your kind of first encounter with uh, something a bit more mature than you were, let's um, say? I mean, the first person I saw was my mum, and she was more mature than me hey. than when I was born. I, I remember my first encounter with a movie that was not my age. Mm. And and I was quite young, and it was when I was first introduced to a, into a horror movie, and I was sat in the front room with my mum. And my mum was like, do you want to go to bed now? Because we're going we're gonna to watch Poltergeist. Right. Um, not, the, not the shitty remake. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not that young, um, but no. So no like, you, you just didn't see a horror movie until you were yeah. like 22. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, I was about... T- 10 maybe at the time 9 right. and, and I'd never watched a horror movie before mm-hmm. and uh, I had a little TV in my room and if you, if you, ha- if you haven't watched Poltergeist before because I said oh no I'll stay up I-, I can watch a horror movie it's not that scary and my mum was like yeah it's not that bad it's, it's, just, it's mm. you know Poltergeist is not that bad compared okay. to a lot of films and um, I stayed up and watched it and if you don't know about Poltergeist most of the ghosts, for some reason, come through the TV. Mm. Yeah, which is really strange, actually. And and the very final scene of of Poltergeist, they go to a hotel after their 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 house has been sucked into in another dimension or, right. so, or something of that. And and the t- they roll the TV out because you know ghosts come through the TV. Yeah. So then I, I like watched this to the end. Scared, scared, scared me senseless. I went to my room. I lay in bed. Mum was like, "Good night." Did you want me to leave the light on because you watched a scary movie? I was like, "Nah." And she turned the light off, and then I realised I had a TV in my room, and, <laughs> oh. and, and I was too afraid to get out of bed to go and get it in case because I was gonna. I, I did. I wanted to put it outside my room, mm. like they did in the movie, because obviously that works. They were happy ever after after yeah. that. Um, so I wanted to go and get it, but I was afraid if I touched the TV, I would be sucked into another dimension and tormented <laughs> by ghosts for the rest of time. And you were. That's what this podcast is. We are ghosts. This this is my hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the first uh, 15 that I saw mm. um, was an Asterix and Obelix live action film. Oh, and a I 15 remember, certificate. It was a 15 certificate. I, I, I think there were bare breasts in it at one right. point. Oh. And so it, it got okay. bumped up a little bit. Emmanuel and Obelix. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But but I remember I remember seeing it on TV mm. when I came back from a Beavers night or like, like do you remember Beavers? Yeah. Like I came back from going to Beavers and my dad had it on and he just wasn't really paying attention. I remember just watching it and just being like, God, this, wow, this is what a fifteen looks like. <laughs> and then I remember the first eighteen I saw 
was alien mm. um and that was a, that was an incredible thing to behold when when you're that age just... I, I walked in on my granddad watching alien once <laughs> that sounds really dude, like it was a dodgy thing you do is hiding <laughs> and watching alien in a closet now oh granddad oh <laughs> why are you watching alien <laughs> but no um, i remember walking in at the scene where the woman's like lying on the hospital table and mm. and everything is kind of i was like oh these people are in space and she's on the hospital table and then all of a sudden that that weird little alien thing bursts out of her chest yeah just uh. burst out and and that was another thing that <laughs> sticks with me till, till, till this day see the first 18 certificate film i saw was in bruges really which, yeah which, that's not a bad one to start on no, actually and it isn't really that graphic or anything it's not that explicit no, no it's sort of nothing i felt i hadn't seen before um it's, it's quite sweary if nothing like, yeah that's probably the most sort of profane part of it that's sort of it i mean there's a bit where a kid gets shot but other than that yeah. but but it's quite funny when they wait no it, they're not a kid isn't it that's that's the gimmick no because he, he he shot a kid. oh yes 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 he does sorry i was thinking of the other bit well what a lovely time we've had what a lovely time we'll continue to have Rougher around the edges than your mom's arsehole. Is that is that possible? Who knows? Feel the discharge. So when I heard we were doing the theme of youth, I initially got quite confused as to why we'd chosen this because I thought none of the rest of you had seen the Michael Caine film Youth. Is there a Michael Caine film called Youth? There is. Yeah. Yeah. How is it? How young is it's he? It's really good. Oh, he's not. He's, it was recently. It was this year. It came oh, out. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So he's pretty old then. He's pretty old, yeah. But that's kind of the so title is, is, is kind it, of ironic. He, he, uh, does, does he have like the sort of, you know, the qualifications to, to star in a film called Youth, given his age? Or yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like an ironic title. Oh, right. Because it's about him aging and him being old and him and Harvey Keitel both being old together. Oh, right. Um, and it's kind of about that and about him being old and how old he is um, and how he's really old. Not, Mostly, he's not young. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah. Know oh yeah. So yeah. So also, it's about him being old. Yeah, yeah. The plot of the movie basically is that Michael Caine is old, um, but he's also a so conductor. How, how old exactly is he? Um, pretty old. Pretty old. Quite he's okay. like a he's a conductor um, who's now really old. Uh, he used to be less old, but now he's old. Uh, and because he's old, uh, his wife's his wife's dead, um, and so he's he's just really old, um, and his wife's dead, uh, and he's got a daughter played by Rachel Weisz. Is she old? She's quite old, but she's not as old as Michael Caine, who's really right. old. Okay, okay. Um, and he's got a friend who's a film director, played by Harvey Cartel. Is he old? Uh, who's old. He's old. Oh, he's, 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 old, he's pretty old, old yeah. Um, and then Paul Dana's also in it, who isn't that old, um, but still, I mean, relatively old. Um, they're all, well, they're all old, kind of old. older than Oz, certainly. But yeah. Not, not old, but oldish. Oldish. So am I correct in saying that neither of you have seen the film? Nope. Uh, no. no. Okay. Well. Also, well, Michael Caine is 83. 83. Congratulations, Michael Caine. 83. That's, that's old. That's old, that that's a, pretty old. That Michael, is old. Michael 83, Kate I mean, 82 83. is old, but 83 yeah. is very old. So, what I've got is I've queued up some clips of choice dialogue from the film. Okay. I've got five clips, and at the end of these clips, they're going to cut out. At which point, I want the two of you to pick up and continue the conversation as you think happens in the film. Okay. Right, so, okay, where do you well. think the conversation would go in the film? You continue oh, in character. Yeah, we can do that. That's okay. easy. So the first clip is the opening scene in the, oh, the opening scene is the film, the first dialogue scene in the film anyway. Okay. Um, between Michael Caine and um, a person from the Royal Society for Music or something who wants Michael Caine to perform um, for the Queen. Uh, he's played by Neil's dad from The Inbetweeners. Ah. So, are we ready? Uh, which one of you wants to be Michael Caine this time? I will be Michael Caine. Okay. 
And Jordan, you'll be Neil's dad from between <laughs> us. I'll be Neil's dad. I can't remember how he speaks now. He's quite My dad's very, not very Ben. Softly, very, <laughs> <Yeah>. very softly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gay. Yes, you're about to hear his voice. Okay, so here's the first clip. And when this finishes, I want you to pick it up and continue the conversation. Okay, are you ready? Okay. You can't smoke here. Not even outside? Not even inside. Well, pardon me, Mr. Ballinger. Or may I call you Maestro? You certainly may not. I am Michael Kane. I am not Maestro Kane. Put out your cigarette. It'll kill you. I should know. I'm very old. I've seen a lot of things. Who, who, Who's Michael Kane? It is me. I am Michael Kane. But I thought you were Maestro Thingy. No, I, I explicitly just said to you that I am not Maestro Kane. I am Michael Kane. Then why on earth would I want to talk to you? Because you are smoking and you should stop it. But doesn't Michael Caine like to smoke? Michael Caine, speaking in third person, does not like to smoke. Michael Caine's lungs are clean and healthy. Is Michael Caine a house elf now? <laughs> <laughs> Suspect so. <laughs> that was that was pretty much exactly what happened in the film. Really? That was Yeah. It was exactly that. Michael Caine breaks the fourth wall <laughs> and the character. And starts uh, an anti-smoking act. <laughs> yeah. Have you considered stopping smoking this October? <laughs> Please stop smoking. You're hurting your lungs. <laughs> stop it. Don't keep smoking. You'll just kill yourself very, <laughs> very slowly on Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> so the second clip we've got um, is a scene in a gift shop between Paul Dano uh, who plays this sort of pretentious actor character who is basically, he says, like, oh, I've worked with all the great um, directors across Europe and most of them in America, um, but he's best known for a movie in which he plays a robot, some blockbuster called Mr. Q, um, and that's what he's best known for, and he's sort of slightly frustrated about the fact that everyone knows him as that rather than as this sort of terrific character actor that he is, until he meets a little girl in a gift shop. So... Um, which of you wants to be Paul Dano? Which one wants to be the little girl? I'll be the little girl if you want. Oh uh, yeah, I'll be Paul Dano. Okay. Again, I don't know how Paul Dano speaks, but I'm about you're, to find out. You're about to find out. You're I about do to find a really out. shitty impression of him <laughs> too, because that's the only impression I can do. So here's our second clip from Yoof, starring Michael Caine. I saw you in a film once. So you like Mr. Q as well? No. I saw you in that film where you play a father who never knew his son. Meets him for the first time in a highway diner when the son's already 14. But nobody saw that movie. That's a bit of dialogue I really liked. And your son says, Why weren't you a father to me? And you say, I didn't think I was up to it. At that moment, I understood something really important. What? I understood that. You are Michael Caine in a mask. <laughs> You've got a really over-analytical mind for a little girl in a gift shop. Don't lie to me, Michael Caine. I know it's you. I've seen you telling everyone to not smoke. I'm not Michael Caine and I smoke. Exactly. It's a ruse. It's a, it's, no one would suspect Michael Caine to smoke. <laughs> I really want to bust out a character and do Michael Caine, but I can't do the impression. <laughs> It's just going to sound like a Cockney orphan if I do, do it. Do it, do it. Hello. <laughs> 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 Michael Caine. 
I can't do Michael Caine. I can't. He's got. Really... <laughs> You've caught me. It was me all along. No, it was me, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was. It was me, old Michael Caine. No, it was me, young Michael Caine. Mike, Michael Caine, I, I knew you should. I, I knew it was you. I could tell it was you. You're white, you and now I'm going to take you away in my little white van. You, sh- you should stop smoking, Michael Caine. It's not. I it's not good stop smoking, and not only that, I stop Neil's dad from the Inbetweeners from smoking as well. Yes, yes, that's very good. You should. Be, be, we, we, we established that you're smoking right now. You oh, should, you, should, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. It's I. Very... I'm not going to lie to you, little girl. I wasn't really listening. I, I, it's, it's, it's important to stress that I'm a child and I'm, I'm, I'm very susceptible to secondhand smoke. And if, if, if it's just, it's just if it gets in my tiny child lungs, that that'd be awful. That that stop, would be stop blowing smoke in my face, Michael Caine. That would be awful. That would be really, really bad. Michael Caine, stop putting your cigarette out on my forehead. I'm just a little. <laughs> Should we do the next clip? I'm interested. Yeah, in that. How does that go in the movie? <laughs> exactly like that. Exactly okay. like that. Um, I also like the fact that instead of saying the title of the film, she said, oh, I saw that film where you played and then describes the plot in detail and gives examples of dialogue. Yeah. No one has ever done that, especially not a nine-year-old girl. But yeah, it was pretty I, good uh, film. When, when I was a nine-year-old girl, I used to do that all the time. <laughs> I used to go to Paul Dano and say, I loved you in Swiss Army Man, and you don't say that, do you? Because that's won- against I w- the joke. I wonder if I knew what dialogue meant when I was nine. Yeah. No, I probably didn't. Never mind. Hmm. Should we hear the next clip? Yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, this away. is between Michael Caine and Harvey Hotel. This is from near the start of the film. Um, I, I think it's only fair that I do Caine, given that we've just experienced <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, Harvey Hotel is a filmmaker. Michael Caine is a former composer. Did you take a piss today? Twice. Four drops. You? The same, more or less. More or less? Yes. How's the script coming? It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> that is very good. That is, <laughs> I, I'm very delighted to hear that. Did you? What is the script about? It is about a man who can only piss four drops at a time, and and then it rains, and and he wants to piss like the rain, but he cries like the rain, but he can't piss like the rain because he's got an inflamed prostate. That is very interesting. Very interesting to me. But Michael it's all Kane done in- through the. <laughs> It's all done through the medium of interpretive dance. <laughs> that I am immediately less invested in this, <laughs> in this film and this idea. You have ruined what could have been a timeless classic. What about you? What are you working on? I am still trying to urinate. <laughs> <laughs> I have been trying to do it this entire time. I have a bucket underneath the table and my penis... <laughs> <laughs> my penis is very much at <laughs> um, this next one the, <laughs> <laughs> the final clip um, has three or four characters in it so I think we'll roll with, with I'll, I'll join in um, I'll join in so the scene is um, basically Harvey Keitel's son has recently left um, Michael Caine's daughter played by um, Rachel Weisz for another lady um, and this next scene is Harvey Keitel and Michael Caine having breakfast when they run into the sun and they're as in they don't, they don't sprint into the sun like Icarus um, <laughs> no they they run into Harvey Keitel's son with her new with his new girlfriend All right. um, who is played by someone playing themselves and you'll hear in just a moment who that is okay mm-hmm. okay 
Well, are we allowed to know who this whore you fall in love with is? Me? I'm the woman Julian's lost his head for. And who the fuck are you? I'm Paloma Faye, and I'm not a whore. I'm a singer. Excuse me, miss. Would you mind giving us a moment alone? Okay. But not for too long. Forgive me, Julian, but I'm really trying to understand. What the fuck do you see in her? Well, there's an awful lot I see in her. Um, most the organs, because I can, I've got, I've got X-ray vision. She's got fucking see-through skin, man. <laughs> yes, she has. Um, that's one of the reasons she became such a big, big star. Um, also, Michael Caine's been very quiet in that last clip, um, but he has also sat around the table with Harvey Keitel. Hello, uh, just pointing this out. <laughs> hey, it's me, Michael Caine. I bet you were, f- you forgot I was in this scene. <laughs> I, but I am still here. <laughs> I am still trying to piss. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Paloma Faith. Um, I was I was stood in the background for a bit, but I'm back in the foreground now. Hello, how are you? You're a bitch. Yes, I feel like that's what Harvey that's not fair. Say. I'm I'm still I'm just a singer. Your music is subpar. No, Please stop making eye contact with me, Paloma Faith. <laughs> Why? I I'm, am finding it I'm... very hard to urinate. Where are you looking at me? But I'm like that. But why? Why would I have to be? I'm. I'm very happy with, with making eye contact. You're such a legend, Michael Caine, and I'm Paloma Faith. Paloma Faith, you are sounding strangely like me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that your accent is slipping into mine. No, like I, <laughs> <laughs> I won't bore you, Master Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I won't bore you. <laughs> I won't bore you. <laughs> Only love, Master Bruce, can hurt like this. Everyone, everyone, please, gather round me, Michael Caine. I think that is... <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. That is an important lesson that we can all take away from this. It is that love will truly always conquer all. Can you please do... And also... Do not smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do the bit where, where he, he's, he's like, I've, I've let you down, and he's crying? I've let you down. I've let your family down. But most importantly, I've let myself, Michael Caine, down. <laughs> down. It sounds like you're about to fire yourself on The Apprentice. <laughs> you're feared. I can't know. Wait, well, I was like, Alan Sugar is not that Scottish. You're, you're, you're feared. <laughs> you're feared, you skinny weekend. Get in my office. In my office now. <laughs> you will not be my apprentice. I, I'm sorry to have disappointed you, Mr. Sugar. Do you mind if I bum a cheeky cigarette? <laughs> I can give you a cigarette if you like, because I'm... No, should we stop this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in the film, the certain actually applies to Harvey Keitel. No, she's just really good in bed. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, but oh, otherwise, you will pretty much on. That's less kind of... Yeah, like, that's not, not, not as romantic as... No. Uh, no, as no, I, as I think our was. interpretation was. Yeah. I think, I think we, we wrote, if anything, uh, a heightened second draft. Yes. What, what was otherwise a lackluster mess. Yes, I think I think we've infinitely improved Paolo Sorrentino's film. Um, I think we're officially better than that Oscar-winning filmmaker. I, I wouldn't disagree. I would no. not disagree. I think I think what we've done is we've taken Youth, which is already a very good film, and made it into like a, 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 an all right bit on a podcast. Really, yeah. I'm Michael K, and I love listening to Verbal Discharge. Every day, <laughs> in the shower and in bed. 
Hello, I'm top Hollywood director, the Cohen Brothers, and I, Barton, think that you should listen to Verbal Discharge. Youth. It's a fleeting, transient, turbulent time, and before you've even realised it, it's gone. It's upped and disappeared, just like all of your savings. But we wanted to know what you, our listeners, remember of the time when you realised that your youth had passed you by. So we asked this on the Facebook page, and we received literally some, 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 a few, yeah, a handful maybe. We had a few responses, and boy oh boy, are we going to talk about them here and now? Um, I think the one that we should obviously start with the uh, the one who's given us perhaps the most, um, the meatiest story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is our uh, longtime friend of the podcast, Charles Haywood. How are you doing, Charles? We we miss you all dearly. All, All right, Charles. You're right, Charles. How's it going? Congratulations on the um, engagement. Yeah, yeah. Well done, man. Oh, yeah. That's, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. That's pretty cool. Like, moving on, getting away from that youth we've that been is, talking yeah, about. Definitely, definitely a sign of growing up. Yeah. However, his biggest sign of growing up, his biggest story, what he did a tell of on the thing. Um, Charles said that the biggest jarhead, which is interesting, <laughs> because jarhead is a term, is it not, to specifically refer to it, a member the of American... Yeah, American military personnel. But you know what? If there was one of those in your school, fair enough. Um, Charles's uh, story is about basically there was just a really big old man who was squaring off against him in a game of football in PE, um, and he sort of collided with Charles using his entire body. Well, I feel, he, was I feel built, not... he was built like a brick shit house. That yes. that is that is no, a direct. Quote his his phrasing. Text. I feel we should just read it. We should do it justice. Okay, yeah. we'll get going. Right, yeah. right. so the biggest jarhead in my school was put on the opposite team during a game of football in PE. Like a brick shithouse walking on a pair of pork pies he was. <laughs> that should be read like, ah, like a brick shithouse on a pair of pork pies he was. See, I oh, know, it should be read really seductively like a Marks and Spencer's I, advert. I was defending. A brick shithouse took... walking on a pair of pork pies. Covered in gravy. <laughs> this is not just a bully. This is an M&S bully. <laughs> I was defending, and he took the opportunity to collide with me using his entire body. Normally, he would just detach his chest or something. No, um, he stayed still. I went about six feet backwards. To my surprise, I was unhurt, and I thought, wow, child me would have died. Child me probably would have died then, actually. That's Charles' story. It's a, it's a good one. It's quite a good yeah. one, because... Um... It, you know, it shows that actual physical evolution, which I think people, yeah. pe- people like when they look back, they forget. Because when you're growing and you're getting bigger and you've got hair in places you didn't have it before, like, it, yeah, like it's a really weird you, time. You grow a penis if you're a boy. Yeah, we all remember when we grew our penises. Yep. Before. I don't. I don't. I don't actually remember it. Uh, you don't remember it. It was just, I remember, I remember being sat there watching, what was it? What would it have been? What was on, it would have been Totally Spies. And then it was there afterwards. I don't remember it happening. <laughs> it wasn't, and then it was. Are you saying that Totally Spies gave you a penis? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I remember it sort of, it was almost like a, it didn't grow at any point. It was like a binary thing. It was or it wasn't. Um, <laughs> Schrodinger's penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next story, next message we got through. Uh, the next one we've got is from our good friend Sam Ward. Hey, Sam Ward, how are you doing? No, Sam Waltz is a bit shorter, it's a bit of a bite. It says, the moment I looked around to find an adult for help and realised I was the adult. <laughs> it's a horrible moment. It's similarly, whenever anyone says, oh, let the man through, 
to their kid. Oh, think, yeah. Oh, I'm the man now. Yeah, I've had that. I've had that recently, mm. actually. I, like, get, I get it a lot at work when people, like, get their kids to pay for, um, like, like little drinks and things. Give, like, yeah. nice man. Give your money to the man. And it's like, yeah, I'm the man. Yeah. I, she, she said it. I'm literally the man. Do you ever get, like, give your money to the nice man? No, I always just get the man, oh. and, uh, and occasionally once I thought, oh, be careful of that man. <laughs> it was like, oh, I was literally just Isn't walking. Isn't that after your shift? No, it was raining, and I had a hood up, and like somebody literally like turned around and like ushered their child away from my path, <laughs> I think under the assumption I was some sort of vicious thug. <laughs> a child-hating thug. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, Sam's, because Sam's actually reminds me of a time when I kind of, uh, you know had a moment of realisation of, oh, wow, I'm an adult now. Mm. Do you remember when you're on a beach as a kid and you always see sort of a slightly... There's a Yes, I've told this story before. Yeah. And, there's a, and, and you always look around and you see sort of the slightly older kids and they're digging a really impressive hole or something. Yeah. And you, you're like, wow, look at the big kids digging a hole. Yeah. I went back to a beach. I returned. I went, I went back to those childish days of yore, but I wasn't a child anymore. I was bigger. I was 18. I was 18 and I had, a, I had a spade. Do you know what I did on that beach? What did you do on that beach, James? I dug a hole. Oh, oh, oh. it was a really, really big hole. Like, it was massive. We were, we were digging for hours. It was, I was huge. It was a massive, massive hole. And kids ran up to us and said, can I have a look at your hole? And you'd say, of course you can. <laughs> Just don't say that when that man with the microphone is nearby. <laughs> um, and yeah, kids would come and have a look at the hole. Some kids went in the hole. Um, Normally kids come out the hole. I know, I know, but not, yeah. not these kids. They were going into the hole, and then we buried them. Hmm. Um, but no, I realised then in that moment that I was I was the adult. I, I was the big kid with the big hole. Mm. And uh, it was a very sobering moment for me. <laughs> the big kid with the big hole. I've got a massive hole, Jordan. You see how big my hole is. You bury kids in your hole. Kids enter my hole willingly at all times. Robbie! Hello. Um, speaking of kids and holes uh one of the cool kids on this podcast came basically this next one right is from a lady um that we call toby toby jordan calls her mum or mom actually call her mom because you're american i I call her mum now all right not (laughs) not mom that's good that's very good good. well done jordan i've had it beaten out of me we're proud of you they literally punch me when i say mom mom i can't even i can't even do it wrong anymore jordan i know you've read this next comment it's from your mum how uncomfortable does it make you? It, it, it's made me incredibly uncomfortable. It says, when the judge said, I'm trying you as an adult, and weirdly, when I noticed my friend's dad started looking at my boobs. Now, from Jordan's mum. This is interesting, because she's, she's opened with a nice one. She's opened with a bit of a laugh. Yeah. A bit of, um, that, that is the foreplay of her comment. Mm. Uh, of Toby Toby's comment. She, she, she's like, oh, when the judge said I'm trying you as an adult. Ha ha ha, very funny. She's getting trying to, oh yeah, that's good. And then, when I noticed my friend's dad started looking at my boobs. Jordan, how, how does it make you feel to think that people look at your mum in a sexual capacity? That just doesn't happen. No, it does. It does, it does. It does, it does. we've both met she your mum. She literally said in a comment that it does. <laughs> and, that it, and that it has happened, definitely in the past. Jordan, how does it make you... <laughs> Jordan? Jordan? Yeah, yeah? Oedipus, how are you feeling about this? I'm not Oedipus. Yes, you are. Nor do I have an Oedipus complex. Let's, let's but, but how, how does it make Oh, you... Oedipus, it wasn't that complex, the story. He just he just looks for a thing, and then he finds out it was him all along. Um, <laughs> how, how do you feel about this, considering it was you all along? Well, I'm, I'm my mum's friend's friend. dad. Yeah. 
I know I'm old, but I'm not that old. Well. Oh, that sounds like I'm calling my mum old. Oh, really? And now this is going to be kept in the podcast. That's, oh. <laughs> that's actually reminded me of a uh, of something that happened at work the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the I was at work, and there was a kid of about like he wasn't a kid. He was about thirteen, fourteen, and like I was sort of showing him what to do on the trampolines. And I was like, yeah, well, if you run and like if you jump there, there, and there, like you can get enough momentum and speed, you can just you, can, you know you can vault over this podium. It's really good. And I showed him how to do it. And then he was doing it for a bit, and I was like, oh, it was really good, you did it, like, you've come along really well. And then a younger kid came up to us mm-hmm. and said, to the kid that I was teaching, is this your dad? Oh. And I had that moment of just, just, just like, this, I'm, I'm almost old, like, like, they look at me and they think, he's old enough to be his dad. Yeah. He's a father. And that, that was weird. Someone told me the other day I could be 27. I thought, what? what Wait, what, as in no. you, you could look 27? Oh, no, as in, as in I look just... like I could be 27. Ah, yeah. right, okay, okay. I, I thought, thought well, well, no, that's like... I thought they were just offering you sort of time travel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you want to skip six you, years. Do you like to be 27? Because you could be 27. 27 is old, though. Uh, another comment we had in from Emma Jones Gill. Hello, how are you? How hey, are you Emma doing? Jones Gill. We, we hope you're uh, you're enjoying uh, sort of sort of what what you're hearing, what you're watching, what you're reading as as, as a relatively new like that, uh, listener. That goes for everyone listening. Um, she realised her youth had passed her by when she suddenly understood all the dark and dirty jokes on SpongeBob. Um, similarly, sort of, I think all the Pixar films, um, especially the DreamWorks films, yeah. always got something in there. I, yeah. I found that um, watching back again to mention it. This, this has been coming up a lot on this episode. Mm. Watching Shrek back yeah. as an adult, there's so much stuff in it that goes over your head when yeah. you're younger. My favourite example of this was in a recent Australian animated movie called Blinky Bill the Koala the movie, um, which is based on sort of I think he's like the Australian equivalent of Paddington Bear. He's some sort of like cult oh, he's, figure, he's like children's Blinky figure. Blinky Bill. Called Blinky Bill. He's a koala. Does he blink a lot? No, not really. Um, but the movie is basically about, like, UKIP, um, oh. and about the fact there's this lizard who's basically Nigel Farage, but in a hat, and a, and a lizard like Nigel Farage, um, who wants to sort of build a wall and keep out all of the foreigners, um, and Blinky Bill goes on an adventure to bring back some foreigners, um, and along the way, <laughs> he meets this sort of, there's this villainous character that's chasing him, and then at one point, there's this sort of little reptile creature, um, who I think he's supposed to be able to sort of camouflage himself, but he can't do it properly. And the villainous creature says to him, "Why? Why can't you do it properly? Are you suffering from a reptile dysfunction?" Hey, actually, that's that's all right. That's, no, it's, it's yeah, not, but not the worst. Thing it I've comes heard. absolutely out of nowhere. Like oh, so he's not having like a massive boner issue? No, no, no. He just says, are you, "Do you have a reptile dysfunction?" Does and he get a visible was? on-screen erection, just like the main like character in Food Fight? In food Fight, like Do- Dex Dogtective. When Dex food Dogtective fight. gets a full-on boner. <laughs> But we've talked about this before. Mm. So there's one last story. Dan Clarkson. Thank you very much, Dan. How are you doing? Um, All right, Dan. He said, he said, I realised the moment I took the knife out of the clown's heart for the 40th time, I knew that I'd be going to the big boy jail, hopefully for a short time before they hooked you into the big scary chair. And I I assume you mean the electrical chair and that you're going to go to prison in America for all the people you've killed there. And, you know, well. Mm. Do you think our good friend Dan Clarkson is actually mad? What, what if he's genuinely mad? What if yeah. he's genuinely killed people and we just laugh it off? We're just like, oh, Dan, what's he like? I mean, there, there have been times in the studio where he's waved a knife at us. Well, why was he taking the knife out of the clown's heart for the 40th time? Well, I assume so he could put it back in for a 41st. Well, no, why would you, do, why would you bother? Why has he been counting? 
Yeah, firstly, exactly. Firstly, he's when, been... when, when you're trying to stab someone, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to take a lot of effort. You, you don't want to be doing a lot of other stuff. You don't want to have to multitask, let alone count to fucking 40 while firstly, you're stabbing. Okay, he's been counting impressions he makes on someone's heart, the physical impressions he makes on someone's heart, um, which, to me, feels like something you do when trying to resuscitate someone, um, only he's doing it with a knife. Um, which is just ineffective and bad first aid. So I don't know who yeah, taught bit, him first bit, aid. A bit of misinformation um, there. Yeah. Secondly, as you say, James, he's countered, uh, which I think is really just not worth it. Second, thirdly, thirdly, 40 times, 40 times, right, okay, he knows he's going to big boy jail because he's wasted so much time. He could have got away or helped dispose of the body in the time it takes him to do it 38 times and to count them. And considering you'd probably lose count sort of in the, like, if you're doing it relatively quickly and after a while it becomes sort of a quick emotion because you wouldn't have to sort of, the, 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 it would loosen having cut into it several times. I Basically, Dan, I don't believe you. Much like youth, we come towards the end of verbal discharge. We are maturing. Mm. We, we're maturing. Mm. We're, we're, mm. we're growing up. Mm. We've 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 done mm. things, and we've, we've talked about mm. things, and we've learnt things. Yeah, I think this mm. entire episode has been like the podcast equivalent mm. of finding your first cube. Yeah, like that 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 moment in the bath where you look down and all of a sudden there's hair where there wasn't any before. You said pube singular. See, I, I only noticed them come, like, all at the same time. Really? Yeah. I, I, don't... I, I, I remember having one and, like, trying to brush it off and being like, hold on a second. That's attached to me! <laughs> there shouldn't be hair there! And then, sure enough, more came. But I think I was, like, four, so I sort of don't really remember it. <laughs> you are I mean, very hairy I was, man, right? I was growing facial hair from year eight. So, so it would what, have been, like, 12. What have we learned looking back at, at youth, at Verbal Discharge Does Youth? Um, no, we don't do youth. That we all have an incredible range of impressions. We do. We, we've learned that we can do, within our collective repertoire... Hello, uh, I am Michael Caine. <laughs> we cannot do Michael Caine. We can do Michael Caine's voice. And also, Paloma Faith, Harvey Keitel... <laughs> Paul Dano and a small girl. <laughs> <laughs> also, do not smoke. <laughs> um, we've learned that Michael Caine needs the toilet. Um, he does. Yeah. I, I have I been have... trying so hard to urinate. I hope you get to relieve yourself soon, Sir Michael. Thank um, you very much. Yeah. I would enjoy a trip to the urinal immensely. Do you know what else you might enjoy a trip to? What? The Malt Cross on the 7th of November. Hey! hey. Verbal Discharge live at the Malt Cross <laughs> with the American Election Special. Hey! Only on the 7th of November. Come along, bring the kids. It's at Nottingham. Uh, maybe not bring the little kids, but bring the kids that have an abstract sense of humour. Bring bring everyone. No, bring, just bring everyone you like. Bring everyone who will pay. Yes. Or bring people and pay for them. Yes. But definitely pay. Please. Hey, and definitely come. Yeah, do. Also, hey, did you like what you heard today? Well... Sorry, just as it, we're going to be announcing more about the American election special in the coming week. Please keep an eye on all the social media that we're about to say the name of. Uh, thank you very much. This is Public Broadcast in Denver. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can find us on Facebook at Verbal Discharge. Twitter at Verbdis Radio. And the website, verbaldishard.co.uk. Someone stop Sometimes me. there's a blog. Yeah, not, not this week. Sometimes. Not the last two weeks. Not the last two weeks. Forgotten two weeks. Whose fault is 
It's, it's, so that's mine. I've forgotten too. But there will be. That. There will be blogs. There are blogs. There, there, will, are be, there will be blogs starring Paul Dana, who you can <laughs> do an impression of. Um, <laughs> there, will, there will be blogs. There will be things. There are blogs that we've done before. We try desperately to be like Clickhole. <laughs> it's all right. Um, and with that... I think we just about covered all we have to cover in the podcast. And once everything is covered, um, we can take the covers off and play cricket. And by play cricket, I mean we can say the final word of the show. Are we happy and ready to say the final word of the show, both of you? Yes, thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, Jordan, you didn't say thank you. Thank you for listening. Good, thank you. Jordan, final word of the show. Thank you. That's two. It's a what? Is it, yeah, leave it, leave it. We, we no. deliberate over the final word too often. Thank dash, thank hyphen you.